Amen. How many receive that? Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, be still and know that he is God. He's in control. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Precious Jesus. Thank you.
Praise the name of the Lord. I love that song. Um, <clears throat> thank you all for being uh, a part of our New Year's Day church service. And you may be seated. I think it's kind of exciting to start the new year with the church. You know, that's all of you and all our people listening. Uh, and it's exciting to be here on New Year's Day in the church, which is the building. So um, I don't know when this will happen again. I know, you know, it's the, the cycle of years, and so it'll probably be a while before we have New Year's on a Sunday again. So Happy New Year, everyone. Wonderful to be here with you. Thank you. And um, I'd like to start this afternoon with my title slide, if I can have that. Hey, today I want to talk about the value-added life of a disciple. Now, this term value add or value added, um, I'm hearing a lot, you know, nowadays in a lot of different contexts. And I'm sure some of you have heard it before, correct? This value add or value added. Like in a TED Talk, this sounds like a real TED Talky type of topic. You know, those TED Talks are those motivational and kind of educational platforms for personal and professional growth in their videos and, you know, kind of dynamic speakers you can listen to on pretty much any type of topic. So this value-added uh, thing seems like a TED Talk topic. Woo! Say that 10 times fast. Um, and so if you're a student or if you're a professional in something like economics or business, you would probably know this term, value-added. So the origin of the term value added originally surfaced as a concept in economics, although it is used in just about any concept today. You can, use, you can hear it in a lot of different contexts. Um, in economics, it's defined as the additional features or the economic value that a company adds to its products and services before offering them to customers. Make the product something the customer, you know, is going to appeal to a customer, customer that's going to sell, something that customer walks by or sees and, oh, I got to have that. So it's adding value to a product or service, helps these companies attract more customers, which of course can boost revenue and profits, which is what a company needs to do. And so it, I read that by the 1990s, which seems like so long ago, but you know the fashion's back. You've seen that? Uh, but by the 1990s, it has shown up, it had shown up, this term, in other disciplines, such as um, business, software, and even um, education. And this business definition of value add is kind of similar to the economic that to, the, it described, value added is used to describe anything that makes a given product, service, feature, or other topic of discussion objectively or subjectively better. Anything that enhances the value of an existing uh, value proposition. Now, I know that we're not, we're not products. People aren't products. We're not products. And we're not trying to sell anything here today. Okay. So, in practice, this term is used more generally to describe anything that improves something. So it can be real general like that. 
Some synonyms for the term value added are improve, advance, enrich, to better something, better a person, a thing, like a you know, product or a community can be uh, something larger than just an individual. It's the things that we spend our time on and give our time to, which is so precious to us, you know, because time is the one thing that when it's gone, we can't ever get it back. And so it, it betters oneself, you know, it enriches our lives, things that advance ourselves or advances others. So I think this term value added is a great term for the new year. New year, new you. Who's ready for it? So we're going to talk about value added. Um, so let's think about it now. Kind of talked about it in economic, you know, business terms, things like that, where you might have heard it uh, applied before. But now let's take it down to kind of the individual, the, the personal level, um, and think about it like this. Uh, questions like, what value was added to your life in this past, in last year, and from yesterday? <laughs> it's only last year, you know, yesterday. Um, what value was added to, to your being as a whole person last year? How did you grow yourself in, or enrich your purpose or advance it in life? So I, I had two areas that I maintained fairly regularly throughout this past year, which is pretty good for me. Um, and last year, uh, Pastor Leela had, had um, if you you know, weren't with us at this time last year, Pastor Leela had gotten us into this challenge called Getting the Word Challenge. And so if you participated in that, you know, the challenge was start reading, you know, the Bible, the Word of God, go, you know, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, with a group. You know, you can choose your group, but find somebody to work through the Word of God with, you know, all of last year. That was a challenge to us as a church to help us grow and, and things like that. So if you participated in that last year, at least for me, and I'm assuming for you, there's no way that this practice of reading the scriptures in community with one another hasn't added value to your life. Amen. So my little group was my mom, my sister, uh, and myself. We were on FaceTime. You know, we're, we're across the United States. My mom's in Idaho. My sister's in Wisconsin. But we were determined to be a group because we just, we had way too much fun with it. And, um, but we would meet uh, three times a week and just go over about whatever, you know, three it took for us to read three chapters, you know, chapter by chapter. And, um, we we do that on like a lunch break or whatever it was. So we did that last year and and that's what we could do. And we really did enjoy that. Um, it fell off a little bit, you know, in this those last few weeks with holiday stuff and then sickness, you know, and all that going around. Uh, I'm sure you're all aware of uh, all that probably affected your families too, but um, we'll get back on track. But um that was something that I did last year that I would say added value to my life. Just reading the books of the Bible together. I think we got through 10 of them. Um, we were doing the chronological Bible, so that was fun because sometimes you deviate into like a psalm or something like that. And so that's been fun doing that together. Another example um, that has added value to my life, but in many ways feels like subtraction on most days, is that I'm a um, homeschooling parent. 
And, um, but homeschooling does, okay, so, you know, when you're, when you're the homeschooling parent, you're the teacher, you cover all subjects yourself. Nobody told me this when I started on this track. No, I'm kidding. I knew what I was getting into, but you know, when things like in theory are so different than in practice, like parenting and homeschooling, but, um, so, but uh, most mornings, you know, with my children, I was trying to make it a, a rhythm. All right, we're going to do their little five-minute devotional. We're just going to do five minutes. But, you know, most of the time with their little, well, you, you all know Kale, Kale and his questions. But most of the time, those five-minute devotionals turn into, you know, 30-minute little discussion or something fun like that. Most of the time, fun. Um but that was, you know, that was kind of a, oh, that added some value, you know, to, to my life. So I got a little positive before the rest of the day even happened. You know how days can just like start like this and just go. But anyway, we won't focus on that. I also enjoyed, um, towards the end of this last year, our church did uh, first season of The Chosen together. Um, and we watched that, you know, as a group together on a Sunday evening, and then we discussed the chosen episodes of season one in our small groups. And just that discussion, just like, you know, and the depiction of the chosen and all the things that we discussed, I would say was time well spent. It added value to my life and enjoyed that. And I hope to continue moving through the, the seasons because um, I haven't seen any of them yet. So now I need to watch season two and I know season three just came out of the chosen. And um, so those are some examples of things that added value to my spiritual life. And then, you know, there's other things that add value to your life that aren't necessarily uh, in, this, in the spiritual component, uh, compartments, but they make me a better person. So things like, um, you know, they help me improve myself. Things like establishing, you know, a time of rest every day during the week um, for my entire household. You know, after the school day, there is a block of time that we just spend, um, you know, I take it for myself. The kids, you know, I throw them in the basement with their favorite show and a bag of chips, and they're good. And so we all have this quiet time during the week. And it's, but it really is important. That adds value to my day. It adds value to my life. That was a good thing. Good job, Meg. I, words of affirmation. Hey, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I don't know if that would work for you, but I would suggest it, you know, okay. Uh, what else did I have here? Oh, I know this is an annual habit of some of yours. In fact, one of the happy couples here in our church put it on Facebook. Um, but I, we established some dates. My husband and I established some dates on the calendar to take together. The Lancianos got 12 out of 12. Goal met. Doesn't that feel good? Yes. Uh, but, you know, this, these are important things. It adds value. And I even put little, you know, dates on the, on the calendar, try to fit some in with our kids. You know, we try to do that parent to child, like their, their own special time. These are things that add value. Um, things like therapy. I did some therapy this year. It was so good. Some of it was through formal counseling. Other of it was through polos with my sister-in-law, Lacey, who's sitting in the back here today. These things, yes, your polos add value to my life. I never delete them. Um, polos is a, is a video chat. So my sister-in-law and my brother-in-law are visiting this weekend, and we really do. Lacey and I talk a lot on polo, and it's just valuable for both of us. Uh, 
Yes, because, you know, we're married to the brothers. All right, we won't go down that track. All right. So um, we polo during the day when they're at work. Okay, I'm done. I'm done. Um, I'm done. But these are just a few things, you know, and they seem small. Some of them are just small little things. Put an hour in every day where it's quiet time. Do, you know, small things. But they mean so much to me because they help me. They add, add value to my life. They help me grow as a person and have opportunities to grow. When we're just stressed to the max, you know, we're just surviving. I don't think that's God's plan for us, you know. So, you might include other things on your list, things that added value to your life last year. Somewhere, you know, might be friendships, might be uh, for hobbies, you know, for, uh, in the form of a hobby, in the form of continuing education um, to fill that cup or professional or personal development uh, ways that you kind of um, poured into yourself in that way or, uh, or other spiritual disciplines that add value to your life that, that I didn't necessarily put on this list. And so they help, you know, improve us and make life richer. So be thinking about kind of your list of these things that added value to your life. What would you include on yours? Um, so think of that as I continue on today in this sermon. That's what I want you to be thinking about. And how, because what, how you answer this, what in 2022 did I do that added value to my life? As you think about it, it's going to affect how you start to look forward and plan for 2023. So now I want to turn to a passage of scripture because we're a church and we have to do that. Okay. It's a good thing. Scripture adds value to our life. So we're going to look at a passage of scripture found in Matthew chapter 25, verses 14 through 30. This is um, the parable of the talents um, of the, uh, yes, or it doesn't say of the three servants in mine. Either way, it's the parable of the talents. It's also found um, in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 19, similar parable, not identical, but I went with the Matthew one today. And it, it, parables are, these are the stories that Jesus used oftentimes to teach, you know, those who were listening, often his disciples, uh, teach them a moral or a lesson through a parable. So let's read the story together. Um, I'm starting in verse 14 of Matthew 25. And it says, again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. This is Jesus speaking. He, came, he called together his servants and entrusted his money to them while he was gone. He gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last, dividing it in proportions to their abilities. Remember that verse. He then left on his trip. The servant who received the five bags of silver began to invest some money and earned five more. The servant with two bags of silver also went to work and earned two more. But the servant who received the one bag of silver dug a hole uh, in the ground and hid the master's money. After a long time, their master returned from his trip and called them to give an account of how they used his money. The servant to whom he had entrusted the five bags of silver came forward with five more and said, Master, you gave me five bags of silver to invest, and I have earned five more. The master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount 
So now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. The servant who received the two bags of silver came forward and said, Master, you gave me two bags of silver to invest, and I have earned two more. The master said, well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Then the servant with the bag of silver came and said, Master, I knew you were a harsh man, harvesting crops you didn't plant and gathering you crops you didn't cultivate. I was afraid I would lose your money, so I hid it in the earth. Look, here's your money back. But the master replied, You wicked and lazy servant, if you knew I harvested crops I didn't plant and gathered crops I didn't cultivate, why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least I could have gotten some interest on it. Then he ordered, take the money from the servant and give it to the one with the ten bags of silver. To those who use well what they are given, even more will be given, and they will have an abundance. But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. Now throw this useless servant out into outer darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. That's not the New Year message. It is part of scripture, though, and we can't throw it out. So that's all right. We'll talk about that. But sorry to end on that note on January 1st. Uh, so I'm talking about the value-added life of a disciple of Jesus. First of all, the rest of this message won't really matter if we don't believe something first. That your value comes from God. Amen. Your value can't come from anything outside of this loving God that we find in the scriptures. Not boyfriends or girlfriends, not spouses, thank God. How many friends you have, the amount of social media attention, money or power or success, however defined, or beauty. We often look for our value in these things though. And then we wonder why we feel so useless. And so you're valuable because you were created by God. Listen to what your creator says about you in Genesis chapter 127. It says, so God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. In verse 31, and the skipping two says, then God looked over all he had made and he saw that it was very good. That's what he said about you. So God took joy in creating you, and he made us in his own image. And uh, you're, you're valuable because God showed it. So I just showed you in scripture, God said it. Here's how God showed it in John chapter 3, 16. Because of God's love for us, it says, For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. Amen. We just celebrated our holiday, Christmas, about the coming of God in flesh in uh, baby, the baby Jesus and celebrating his birth and the hope that he brought to the world. And so I wanted to quickly, I know it's just a, a brush of scripture, but we've got to know that first, where your value comes from. And so you're valuable in the eyes of God. You always have been and you always will be because God doesn't change his mind. That's part of scripture as well. So if you think your sin will change uh, God's mind about you, 
it won't. Because the scripture says that God died for us on the cross and he shed his blood for our sins while we were yet sinners, while we were still sinners. This is his love for us. Amen. So he values you. And I'm so thankful for that. His love isn't for us because of our perfection, but because of his perfect love for us. So when we understand that we are valued by God, you can more clearly know your purpose. We've heard a lot about that in this past year as well. What's your purpose? What's, what's the why and what we're doing as individuals, but also as a church? And so it helps clarify that purpose because disciples of Christ, you know, we're disciples of Jesus. We all share at least one purpose, right? To be the light of Jesus in this spiritually dark world. And we heard in our uh, message at Tongues and Interpretation this um, earlier in, in our worship that we don't have to be afraid of what's going on in the world. He's the light and we can be shine no matter what's going on and God's in control. So I thank God for that. And so when you know your value to God, the things that once added value to your life, maybe this is part of your uh, what you're looking at going into 2023. When you know your value to God, the things that once added value to your life will change because your purpose changes. Amen. And we're all, you know, here today, we're, we're, we're part of the apostolic Pentecostal faith here. And we believe that the work of the Holy Spirit is an ongoing work of transformation. Amen. In, in each of us. And so what adds value to our lives, what improves our lives, is the Word of God. Whether it's through the text of the Bible that we have been given, or whether it's through the living Spirit of God that's present in our world today. Amen. So getting back to this Matthew passage um, that we read, one reason I chose uh, this passage in this translation, we wrote, we read the New Living Translation, and I chose it because uh, in verse 5 it says, he gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last, dividing it in proportion to their abilities. And then it says he left on his trip. So a different amount of money in this parable is entrusted by the master to different individuals, the three that were named in, in this passage. It, and each is valuable to the master. The value given to the one doesn't reflect the value of, of the keeper of it. He just went ahead and handed it out. Here's this for you, this is for you, this is for you. The one who got the five talents, that's a unit of, of uh, uh, measure, you know, coins, money. The one who got the five talents is not more valuable than the one who got the two talents. But they have the same responsibility, what they were to have done with it, and they had the same expectation from their master, no matter what amount was given. And that was to do something that would add value, I'm using my word today, that would add value to what they've been given by the master. And to increase it for the master when he returns. That was the expectation. Romans 12, uh, 
verses three through seven, I didn't give it to the AV, that's okay, I'm just kind of paraphrasing, kind of says the same thing. This passage in Romans talks about the body of Christ. It's the one that says there's many parts, but one body, uh, and whatever you're, you're given to do, do it. Whatever God gives you, use it for the body. Use it for his kingdom. But the Apostle Paul says a warning also when he says, no one is to think that you're better than you really are then you're better than the one because you have this gift or you have this many or you have, and this person has something else. We belong to each other as the people of God. And that's what matters. And so it doesn't matter about who does what's best. I mean, we all were watching The Chosen together. And if you, if you weren't with us, maybe you've seen it. But you saw the motley crew that The Chosen depicts as the original twelve. That's the original 12. You kind of, it's kind of like, you know, but, you know, you, it's not about who's the best. And the Chosen does a great job in bringing, you know, out this truth that it's not about, you know, being the best or perfection. Every disciple had their own personality flaws, their own idiosyncrasies, just like we all do. Amen. And yet he called them for his purpose. And so I don't think that God is as concerned about who is best or who does things best. How do you measure that anyway? Through what measurement? Rubric. Through what rubric do we measure that? Oh, that was really quick. Uh, but, uh, you know, who measures this? I don't think God's concerned about who's best as much as he's concerned about obedience. And we've heard that from Pastor Roy We've heard that from Pastor Leela in the last couple sermons, this commitment to obedience, um, not to, you know, being the best or whatever. If you do things the best, great. That's great. But that's not the requirement. And so um, obedience is what's important over being the best. And the best is only wrong if it stops you from being obedient to the things of God. So, what we give to the kingdom won't be the same, but it's all valuable. Amen. So the second part kind of, of, of this message is you add value to the kingdom of God. I hope you believe that. Now ask your neighbor, did you, do you believe that? You add value to the kingdom of God because you do. And this parable focuses on the responsibility of the servants, or for us, the responsibility of the disciples to be about their master's work while he is away. In this parable, Jesus is talking about going away. This is before his crucifixion, I believe, and is it this gospel where in the next couple chapters it leads into um, the passion narrative, but in this parable, Jesus is still with the disciples. He hasn't yet gone. But he's talking about this period that's coming. He's going to be going away for a while. And he's teaching what he expects of his disciples after he has to go. While they wait for his return, and while we wait for his return, we're still in the same period that Jesus is speaking to the disciples in Scripture. We're still the church. We're still the disciples all these years later. 
waiting for his return that is coming. And so we get our instruction from this same passage on what we should be doing while we're anticipating and waiting for the return of Christ. So in this teaching, I see that those who put effort into improving their talents and growing their talents, this is the, the money, excuse me, <coughs> the money in the passage. Talents, I know we think of as our own abilities, but it's the money. So in this passage, those who put effort in improving and growing what they were given, which affected the greater good, for their master in the end, is the, the, the example of the first two servants, okay? They received a reward. And so this is about being useful, being a useful disciple in the kingdom of God. Usefulness is rewarded in the kingdom of God. But if you can be useful, then that also means that you can be useless in the kingdom of God. Yeah, stop laughing so loud back there. No, I'm kidding. I know that many of us have felt useless at some point in our lives for whatever reason, one reason or another. But in Christ, we often think that our mess-ups or our imperfections or even sin are the reasons that we become useless to the kingdom of God. But that's not what this parable says. It does talk about the usefulness and the useless and the outcomes of both. That was the happy ending we ended on. But it's not because of the reasons we think. Rather, those who become useless to the kingdom of God are like the, the, the ones that are like the third servant, who did not take what was given to them by the master and obey his instruction to grow it, for, and for our context today, didn't use it to add value to the kingdom of God. And so those are the ones whose outcome is grim in Scripture. Being useless in the kingdom of God is not taking what you've been given. Everybody gets something. You have the Holy Spirit living inside of you. When you've turned your life to God, walked this path, you've been given something from God, probably more than one thing. And so that the uh, um, grim outcome here is not for those who mess up. It's for those who don't use it for the kingdom of God, the purpose of the mission of Christ in this world. But I hope we understand that this is not God's plan for you. That grim outcome isn't the plan for God's disciples. Uh, but we do have free will, and we can choose to either be useful or useless to the kingdom of God. And you know, honestly, Jesus's real point here that he was making to his disciples and to us today, as we are still waiting for him to return uh, for us, his uh, uh, real point here is that we will be useful in his kingdom, as broken and as imperfect and as we, you know, as we are. We tend to only focus on this verse of judgment and doom. But that's only one verse in the 15 verses that I read. So if we read the other 14, the focus is on the real point of the parable, right? I hope that we can all believe that God has a plan to use you in his kingdom. Because why? Because you add value to it. And that's how God sees you. Amen. 
So I really see two expectations being set here by Jesus, adding value to our own lives so that we can turn around and then add value to the kingdom of God. God expects his disciples, you know, to live a value-added life. I like that. In the kingdom of God. You know, student, a disciple just means student, right? It's just a term for, for the, the, the uh, word student. And students are, learn. You say you're a student, somebody's automatically going to ask you what you're studying. Because that's what a student means. Students learn. We grow from what we learn from. We better ourselves and the world around us from what we learn. And we have that choice. You know, I guess any student can go to a school or a class and choose not to turn around and use what they've learned uh, for the greater good. But that's typically what a student does. You learn, you better yourself, you turn around, you better the world. And <clears throat> here we see Jesus wanting us to better ourselves, to then turn around and, and to, to better, I know it's not great English, but better other disciples and grow the kingdom of God. Grow can mean in numbers, you know, like, like we often think of. The church grow bigger in number. And God is the one whose spirit draws people to him through his church. You know, we don't do any of the saving. God saves. Uh, that's only the work of God. But the church is, is, a, is a light, as the scripture says, to reach the world and reach those who are lost for Christ. And also, it can also, growth can always also mean, I'm sorry, the kingdom of God, growing in the kingdom of God in our spiritual maturity, growing in knowledge, growing in love for one another, growing in the fruit of the Spirit, growing in Christ. And we do this together because we help each other mature in Christ. Amen. And so this is how I'm going to kind of conclude things uh, for this, this afternoon's service. Um, you know, I'm trying to talk about this value-added life and Today, on January 1st, 2023, you all are here, or you're listening, but you're here, which means that we've been given the opportunity to begin another year and continue to add value to our lives. I hope you choose to do that. It's a good thing to keep growing, to keep doing, to keep prioritizing the things um, that grow you, that add value to your life. So don't just stop some of the good practices from last year just because you met a goal or because it's a new year. So when something's good for you, you know, it, it becomes a lifestyle, it becomes a habit, it becomes part of you. So, you know, keep, keep it fresh. We follow the, the spirit of the living God. We're an apostolic church and we follow the leading of the spirit. We believe it's live and well in this world. And so continue to listen for the voice of God, however he speaks to you in your own life and follow the spirit into this new year. Don't stop uh, getting into the word um, because it's a new year. I know one thing that my mom and my sister and I, or I just voluntold them, uh, we're going to continue to do our little group Bible study and keep working through the Bible um, because what I have learned there has helped me to turn around and use it for, you know, in our teams that we have here. 
And so the kingdom of God, I understand, is greater than this church. Okay, I, okay, I, I want to make it sound like just our church. It's greater than this church. Let's not limit ourselves to how we pour back into the kingdom of God. But that's one thing I'm going to carry over. Some, you know, when something is uh, beneficial to us, you want to keep that routine, but you want to challenge yourself, right? Think of a workout routine. You want to add to your routine. What can you add uh, to your to your um, practices this year? You know, pick up that heavier weight, but still keep doing the two pound, but move up to the five pound too. You know, and uh, keep keep. Um, strengthening, you know, those spiritual mus- muscles as we mature, because mature maturity is a sign of growth, right? We hope our children mature in their thinking, and that you know that's a hope for a child. So maturity is a sign of growth. Um, I think of uh, exercise. I think of endurance training. So keep doing some of the same things in the same increments if it's good for you. Keeps you on a good growing path. Keep doing it. It's working, right? Or try a new experience. You might, instead of the treadmill at the gym, you might start doing, you know, outside and start doing the, the hill in your neighborhood, you know? So try try a new experience. Find new ways to add value to the kingdom of God because we all can add value. That's what our parable was teaching us that is equally valuable, but it's not the same. It's not in the same way. So I'm going to end here uh, with asking each of us here, how can you add value to the kingdom of God this year as a result of how you grew spiritually last year? Do, you, uh, do your New Year's goals, some people are goal setters here. Um, one of the first things Lacey asked me when she showed up at my door was um, what my word is for 2023 and do I have a vision board? And then she showed me hers. Okay, so Lacey's a planner. It's, uh, it's beautiful. It looks so good. I'm like, can I just cut and paste? Because um, it sounds good to me. But, you know, I do like to plan. I just wasn't there yet. You guys, we've had sickness in our house for two weeks. Okay, we're not going down. Okay. So the end of my year did not go as my as planned. So um, no, but I got to think about that. You know, does is this adding value into your life? Is the, is this part of your New Year's goals when you think about them being useful in the kingdom of God? That's not to say you haven't been. I'm saying how can we carry it through to 2023? What does it look like? What are you praying about? Because again, you know, this can look so many ways. Um, so please don't just get stuck on one idea or something that I've said, you know, today. Think about it, pray about it, follow, follow what the Lord is, you know, speaking to you. Um, if you're newer to Christ today, how can you add value to your life personally this year? Maybe that's the goal, so that you grow this year in new ways in your walk with God, and then you can turn around and use it, you know, and turn it into the greater kingdom of God. Excuse me. At the right time, uh, at some point next year, and just things to think about. How can we add value to the kingdom of God as Newark UPC, both inside inside of these doors and outside of them? We're all aware of the monumental changes that are coming um, and quickly approaching come March of this year. Whatever it looks like it can be classified as a monumental change that we are anticipating as a body together, as, as a church. 
You know, God has this unique path for us here in order for us to accomplish uh, the mission that he set before us as a church in our community, in our part of the world. But how that mission is fulfilled is through this unique calling that God has for this church and that God began revealing several years ago, several years back. But we know that he is all, going back to our uh, message right before COVID hit, we know that he's all that we need to fulfill it. And he's all that we need to see the kingdom of God increase. He will bring the increase. Amen. We are a part of that uh, and what he is doing. And, and we're invited to be a part of that as a church. And so maybe this is something that we can begin to evaluate. You know, how, what, what types of things added value to my life last year? How can I turn around and use that for the greater uh, kingdom of God this year. Maybe that's something we can start to put in our routine at the end of a year while we think back on the year that has passed and look forward to the year that hasn't happened yet and make this uh, uh, something to evaluate within ourselves from year to year. And so do that as an individual. We can do this as a church to think about how can I add value to the kingdom of God this year? If you want to stand, I didn't necessarily have a way to end us since I feel like I assigned more of a homework assignment than um, an altar call. But it's something to think about, this value-added life of a disciple. God has good plans for us. He plans to use you in his kingdom. He values what you have to bring to the kingdom. And so let's remember that. Let's be useful disciples in the kingdom of God and continue to follow his spirit as we enter a new year and watch and, and thank God for what he's done in this past year, what he's brought us through, what he's helped us through and carried us through, and how we can see that God will be faithful to us again in this next year. So I guess what I'd like to do uh, as a closure is just end with a, a, a communal prayer together. If we could just um, lift our hands and our voices to the Lord and in your own way. Lord, I, today we've been talking about the value that each individual here adds to the kingdom of God. We're so thankful, Jesus, for the way that you view us, for the way you've created us, and for the, the uh, gift that you gave us in your death, burial, and your resurrection, Lord, because of how much you value your creation and how precious we are to you. God, I pray that we're able to be useful disciples in the kingdom of God, in our own families, and in our own selves, in our own being. See, Lord Jesus, that your plan for us is to uh, make us a part of this mission in your world, your plan for us, Lord, is good. Your plan for us, Lord, is um, because you value us. And so, Lord, I thank you for it, God. We need you in 2023. We might not know much more than that, but we know we need you heading into this new year. And we thank you for a new year. We thank you for this new day. I ask that you just bless each and every one of us as we move forward, God into our day and into celebrating the new year with friends and family this afternoon, if that's our plans. Lord, that you just bless each and every one of us in our week. 
And Lord, we pray, God, that we can continue to pour into your kingdom. And we thank you, Jesus, for the opportunity to be a part of it. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen.